Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture and Fandom News. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and I'm very excited because I have a great panel on for this week. We are going to be talking about Abbott Elementary for our Friday episode, and that's how we're rounding out Comedy Month. But I just have two great, amazing human beings on with me, and one of them hasn't been on since our favorite concert experiences episode, and that's Susie. So I'm very happy to have Susie back. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then joining Susie today is my unofficial co-host, who sadly couldn't be on last week. I, I, she claims it was for other reasons, but I had this feeling she decided, <laughs> oh, Aaron doesn't want no scrubs, so then I don't want no, it's a fandom <laughs> thing. Carla from Bedwetter Behead. Much like the WGA people, I too was in strike for unfair working conditions. <laughs> in a toxic environment where scrubs are not appreciated. <laughs> unfair working <laughs> I just really, fingers crossed, because both Carla and Susie, along with Meg and Tanya, I am allowing a fourth person, are going to be joining me in a couple weeks to talk about our flag means death. I have not started it yet, and I I am oh terrified. God. If I don't like this show, <laughs> I think... You're, you're losing <laughs> half a panel. Half the panel? I think the full panel will just... Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. That's, that's my bad. I misspoke. I meant half your group of panelists in general. <laughs> <laughs> the whole Rolodex just gone. It gets Gone. Thanos. Yes, you, you will have to find a whole other unofficial co-host to take over like 90% of your podcast schedule. Yes, I'll have to find a new Christian Bale impersonator. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Chrissy B's going to take his marshmallows and leave. Yes. He's coming with me. <laughs> find yourself another unofficial mascot. <laughs> Chrissy B is mine. Chrissy B, Chrissy B out. <laughs> Chrissy, be out. <laughs> well, I, I will not tell my panelists until the day of recording what I think, whether I like it or not. <laughs> no. This is the most awful thing you could have just said to me. At least prepare us. Let's like, I was going to go the fanfic route. I will keep it clean. That is like being unprepared for something this monumental oh. Oh. is not great. Now I get where you were going with that. I'm like, for the orifices of my soul. <laughs> You need to put that in the tags. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I okay, I will let you know, but I haven't started it yet because I am terrified. I'm like, if I don't like this show, I, and not only my panels, but like listeners will probably, because I think people can forgive certain things, but I think there are certain things people can't forgive, you know. But we are not talking about that yet. So instead, we're going to start. Like we always start with finding out 
what my lovely panelists are into right now in fandom or pop culture. So Carla, what is floating that pirate ship of yours? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> the thing that is keeping my my pirate ship afloat and my Métis going ahoy is season two of Yellow Jackets. And the finale um, comes out next week. And I'm so excited. This week's episode was amazing. Like, I, I'm just speechless. I just, <sighs> there are things that happened that I wish hadn't happened. And I understand it narratively because stuff has to happen. But I'm kind of angry about it. And it's like the kind of anger that, you know, um, doesn't make me mad at the show it makes me mad that it happened so it's like the good kind of anger where you're just like really passionate about it and really into it and just so absorbed into the world that it matters to you and i i really love that when that happens because i feel like more and more often especially with so many options available for for viewing you know it's kind of like a, a hit and run viewing thing where you just watch something and you get really into it for like however long it takes you to, to binge it and like the week and a half that you're going on about it nonstop to all of your friends until the next thing uh, on your list you move on to and then you know you kind of leave it behind and i i like that they're dropping the episodes one at a time one a week because it gives you time to absorb it more i really i really enjoy that yeah it also creates like a, i think a better viewing experience to be able to to enjoy something in a more prolonged way instead of just uh, mega dosing all at once which you know there are pros and cons to each type of of viewing but with yellow jackets i really think that we need like that one week in between to marinate in each episode and be like what the hell because oh my <laughs> god and jesus and oh why did this have to happen yeah yeah i i don't know if you've watched this week's Aaron. oh my god when you do I, i'm gonna need like thoughts I'm going to need you to like invade my brain with thoughts because I have so many of them. And which is another thing. Okay. The last time that I felt like this in, in, um, in a fandom was with the X-Files. And that's like a hundred bazillion years ago where I feel like I'm the, the least intelligent person in the room when it comes to fan theories, because I've read so many amazing fan theories that just have floored me. And I love that feeling. I love feeling like, um, like I'm learning so much from fellow fans. Like I'm, I'm, uh, looking at their theories and examining their points of view and like rewatching stuff to be like, what? I don't remember that happening. And be like, Oh my God, you eagle eyed, amazing person. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's, um, it, it's definitely partly because of the, the nature of the show and the writing being so unbelievably good, but it's, it's really wonderful to, um, to see these theories and be just, you know, kind of like hit out of nowhere by something that you would never in a million years have even thought of. And I, I just, I love that feeling. Yeah. I haven't watched this week's yet. And I didn't realize that we were already coming up on the season finale. I'm, that's the way my brain is. And we were supposed to be doing live stream reactions to Yellow Jackets. We've done two live stream reaction episodes but my schedule and lots of other things got in the way of everything so we are going to do 
probably just one live stream reacting to season two overall. And then this summer, we are going to be doing a Yellow Jackets episode. So we're going to be doing an episode talking about both season one and season two. So yeah, and that's a full panel. I know Carla and Jen are going to be on that one. I think Chrissy is the third panelist, but I know, uh, I think we already have an alternate on that too. So yeah, so I'm excited. I do love the show as everybody should know. It's like my favorite show right now on um, television. And I have read some of the fan theories and they are pretty, pretty wild and out there and people are smarter than me. That's for sure. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm now I'm now I'm like, I don't know if I'll watch it tonight, but uh, now I'm really curious to see the latest episode that I'm assuming you mean the one that dropped on the 19th, right? Correct. Today on the 19th. We're recording on the 19th. So, yeah. so uh, Susie, do you have something that's got you as excited as that? Well, uh, no. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm in the nicest way. I'm Natellying my brain. So um, I mean that in the sense that like I, I recently uh, graduated from community college and I'm still recovering mentally from finals and final projects and everything. And that whole like rigmarole of socializing and peopling, because it's, it's a lot, especially with people you don't know. And you're like, oh, my spoons, they're running away. <laughs> but so in a bit of self-care, I say in, in air quotes, I have been watching the Looney Tunes show. <laughs> because it's just it's like a slice of life thing with the looney tunes characters it's just dumb silly and funny and it's like like paul blart puts like peanut butter to heal the cracks in his heart i use that show as nutella for my brain to heal all the the bits that are like okay we need to like reset everyone for act two yeah but it's fun. It's silly. It's so dumb. But it's so funny. I just, I've just been having a time. And I'm like in the show, something that I'm sad about is that back when it came out, the show got canceled before they ever did a third season. So there's only two seasons. But but honestly, it's just it's a good time. It's some fun animation. I like it. And we all need that. The, you know, the dumb stuff. Sometimes we need that. So yeah, it's brain yeah. popcorn. It's yeah. Gotta, it's got to pop it. Got to pop that brain popcorn. Yes. And congratulations again. Seriously, okay. congratulations. Thank you, thank so. you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, well, this was really hard for me because I was like, what the heck am I into? I don't know. Because I've been watching some stuff that I actually don't think is necessarily that great. And I keep watching it like the, the Fatal Attraction show. I have been watching that, that train wreck of the show. Um, <laughs> I'm like, why do I keep watching this? But I also have been watching something and it's interesting because I have very, I have a lot of issues about this show, but I think some of the performances are so good that I, that's why I keep watching it. And that's the morning show on Apple TV. And, um, you know, it's like a fictional morning show with, you know, that's hosted by Jennifer Aniston's character and Steve Carell's character. And then Steve Carell's character comes under fire for sexual misconduct allegations and all this stuff. And then they get a new host in um, played by Reese Witherspoon. And so it's about that. They're like going to be starting their third season soon or something. I don't know. And 
you know, it's weird because I feel like this show, it's trying to say something, but it's not sure what it's trying to say. Like, it's like trying to make a commentary on the Me Too movement, but at the same time, I get the feeling uh, sometimes the show has a lot of empathy for Steve Carell's character, which is really hard because, you know, I mean, there's one episode where they clearly show him assaulting somebody. Like they show like, like a pet, like you going back in time and stuff and you see that he clearly assaulted somebody. But even after that, it still feels like they don't really want to outright say he's a horrible person. And that really bothers me. Um, but the performances, a lot of the performances are really good. And it's funny because when I saw previews, I thought Reese Witherspoon was going to be like this horrible character for some reason, like this horrible person. And she's really not. And then who I really like on the show, and now all of a sudden his name just flew right out of my brain. But I know a lot of people have, is Billy Crudup, who is really, really good in it. He's like fantastic in the show. But it's just hard to watch this. But it's just hard because I keep watching the show, keep, and I keep hoping that they will make a definitive statement on who Steve Carell's character is because he's a sleaze ball, and so they'll have moments where they they make that definitive statement, and then the next moment you see like this this woman falling in love with him. You see like the character of Alex, who's the one played by Jennifer Aniston. She's so conflicted about her relationship with him, which I understand that they were co-hosts of this successful morning show for years and they were basically like best friends. But it's just like he's a predator. I, I don't know. It's weird. It's like the version of what happened on the Today Show, but they don't, they're like worried for really going for the jugular when it comes to that. And that kind of bothers me. And it's kind of surprising to me because this, sto- this story, this, sto- this show was co-created by the by the woman who was behind Bates Motel. And you actually have um, the guy who played the sheriff. You know, he's got the eyeliner for, it looks like he's always wearing eyeliner because his his eyelashes are incredibly outstanding. With the pony lashes. Yes. And yes, he makes even a joke about that. Nestor Carbonell. Nestor Carbonell. Um, And Mark Duplass, which I really love Mark Duplass. So it's, it, it's got a great, great cast and everybody is really good. It's just, I just wish they would just pick a side, <laughs> not pick a side, I guess isn't the right but right word, but really make a statement, like really go for it. And I don't know, maybe they will. No, I totally get what you mean. I haven't watched a lot of it, but it, it feels like it was written by somebody whose own personal friend was accused of something. That's exactly what it is. Thank you. You're putting into words what I've been trying to figure out. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because it, it just feels like let's hear him out. You know, like what what's his side of the story? And they're they're just really. This is not the climate in which to be given to be giving predators any kind of platform or soapbox or any kind of nuance, because there's already way too much quote-unquote, no one's trying to be pushed on people about what should and shouldn't be acceptable, acceptable behavior. Yeah. And it, just to to try to equivocate somebody's really awful misdeeds is really irresponsible. So it's really surprising. Well, it's, it's okay. I, I will say it's not surprising because it's a very Hollywood thing 
to present an issue and be like, but let's humanize this awful person. They do this constantly. And this is why I have an issue with so many retellings of stories from the villain's perspective, because, you know, nine out of 10 times they're, they, they try to give some kind of um, sympathetic reason for this person to do the awful things that they do. You know, it's like, okay, this person committed genocide. Let's not get fluffy about this. There are very real consequences regardless of what their background may be. You can know their background if you're going to, uh, you know, in good faith, try to learn and understand what might drive a person to do something like this, but to then create a whole piece of media about it for mass consumption is irresponsible because by and large, people don't know how to suss nuance. And yes, I'm calling a lot of people not very good at uh, reading between the lines. And that's because, it, it, I mean, just look at, at what's being done to the educational system. We're not allowing, we're not giving people the opportunity to learn how to read for context and how to read between the lines. So I don't know, like you're really giving a lot of leeway to people to be horrible because then you're saying, but remember it's in, in the morning show, Steve Carl's Harrier, he was actually like, yeah, he wasn't great, but he wasn't that bad. You know, like he's still a person. Yes, there's still people. And it's one thing for their friends to have a hard time navigating because that's a very real experience, having a hard time navigating what your friend has done that is an awful thing. And that line between accepting the reality of it and then deciding whether or not you still want to associate with this person in, in any way. But, but, I mean, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there are there are some interesting things that they're exploring outside of that. I still think they're afraid to really go deep in on them, like the uh, the racism that some of the characters experience in this show is a huge one. And now I'm actually in season two, and now in season two, homophobia and one and one character coming to terms with their sexuality really later in life and not even realizing until they met someone. I'm not going to say who that is in case of spoilers, but it's a, it was a really interesting story. It's actually probably my favorite storyline in the show, honestly, is that one and watching that. And I just am interested to see how that turns out. But yeah, that, that part of it just is hard for me to wrap my head around. So even though I'm talking about it in our what we're into right now segment, it's with a lot of reservations. It's just an interesting interesting examination of a show that's trying to do something but appears to be afraid to really 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 go there and turn you know Steve Carell into an awful horrible human being i think that's might be another part of it i don't know you know maybe they're just afraid of making him very unlikable although he's played very unlikable people before so it's not like he hasn't done that before it's just i don't know but let's move on, even though this could maybe go into one thing we're not into. <laughs> I just said, even though I keep watching it. So what is, but I keep watching that Fatal Attraction show too. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> that's more just an examination of, was this necessary? No, it was not necessary. <laughs> is Erin watching it? Yes. Does she know why? No, but she is. So, Carla, what is one thing in pop culture or fandom that you are as excited about as you are Yellow Jackets or as upset about as you are Hollywood 
not having a backbone. We could do a whole episode or five on Hollywood not having a backbone because that is just a recurring theme. But I am just here with pure joy and excitement because at long last, they are coming out of their coffins, out of a long sleep, a long hibernation back into my lives. Yes, yes, the vampires of what we do in the shadows. I am so excited. I cannot wait to see the show. It's like, you know, like when your friends go out, go out of town and then they come back in and you're like, I'm going to greet them with like, you know, creepy paper and pizza that they can't eat and beer that they can't drink. And it'll be so much fun for all of us. I can't wait. This show, like, and it's funny too, because I, I, um, forced both my mom and my husband to, to watch it. I mean, like, I forced them to watch the first episode and then they fell in love. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Like, there's no actual coercion involved. There's just, just with the one episode, but then everything else was completely voluntary. But they are really into the show. They've been asking me for months. So when are the vampires coming back? When are the vampires coming back? Where's the vampire? I'm like, I don't freaking know. You will be the first to know. Well, the second to know after I know. And finally, I send them a, a screenshot of the, um, the announcement that they're coming back and they will be back on July 13th, which is forever away. I am, <laughs> I'm being very cool about it though. I'm being so cool about it. Like you can't even tell that I'm just, just dying in anticipation. You can't, you cannot. <laughs> no, you can try it, but you can't tell because I'm keeping it so cool, man. I'm keeping it so cool. I'm being so super cool about it. Okay. <laughs> July 13th. It's not in five calendars of mine any, or anything like that. No, I'm being very normal about this. <laughs> I do not understand why I have not watched this show. I cannot explain it because I've seen like it. Well, I've seen like an episode or two and it's totally up my alley. I totally liked it. I don't understand. It's this, I, it's not like I'm like purposely doing it. I just. I don't know, Aaron, but do I need to like come over there and like force you to watch like five episodes just to like, you know, get you hooked so that then you can't be unhooked? Is this what needs to happen? Because I don't know that I can make it happen, but I can really, really, really want to. In, well, instead, I just like watching shows that just aggravate the hell out of me. And I'm just like, I'll just keep watching these. <laughs> we all have our ways. Okay. To each their own. <laughs> Uh, I mean, maybe I'm just waiting for, I'm not saying this is going to happen this year because it's not, but I'm just saying maybe I'm waiting for Susie's like leaning forward for the time that we cover it on the show. Maybe that's why I haven't, I I don't know when this would happen. I'm just. Because you know, it's going to be five parts with 10 panelists each. No. (laughs) (laughs) 10 panelists each? No. I'm not editing an episode with <laughs> It's fine. We can do a live stream. It'll be great. There you go. Problem solved. You're welcome. <laughs> that's that. That's the max number of people I can have on when we're live is ten people. <laughs> I've, there I've, you go. It works out. I've never had that many on a live stream before. It kind of scares me. <laughs> to be honest, but hey, we could give it a go. So. Sometime I will watch it. I promise. I promise. (laughs) So, Susie, are you happy or are you sad about something? Okay. So, last Thursday, in the mid-afternoon, I was out running errands, you know, getting things done, being busy, 
being productive. And then I was checking my phone in between errands in my car. And then I saw it. I saw it. The the initial beginnings of a trailer for my big fat Greek wedding three. <laughs> yeah. And in that moment, I stopped everything. I stopped everything. I I copied the link. I called my mother and I said, Mom, there's a new there's a trailer out for the for my my big fat Greek wedding three. And she said, Really? Is that real? And I said, I'm for real. I'm gonna send you the link right now. You watch it and then get back to me and then we'll talk about our mutual reactions together. Okay? Okay, hold on. And then I hung up on her, I sent her the link, I watched it all the way through, and then I called her back and I said, So did you see it? She was like, Yes. And we and we geeked out over it because it's one of our like top favorite movies to watch. Like when we don't know what to watch when we're together, we're like, just put on my big fat Greek wedding. Okay, great. Like we practically have this whole movie memorized and we quote it constantly. And so I was like, there's a, there's a third one. Oh my God. It comes out September 8th for any other, my big fat Greek wedding fans. And we're going to be there. Me and my mom front row, maybe not front row. Cause that's not where we like to sit. In the theater, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know what I mean? We're going to be there, present, with our popcorn and our spanakopita. We're going to be, we're going to be prepared. It's going to be great. We're, we're so jazzed. We're not, you know, we're, we're excited. <laughs> you don't know how often my husband and I go, it was my sister. It's a lump. <laughs> Oh my God, if you haven't seen the trailer, I like I highly recommend going and seeing the trailer because it has a lot of like fun one-liners in there, and I'm just excited to see how it fits in the whole thing of the movie. And my mom and I are still talking about it, even though we saw it like a week ago. Because <laughs> we're just we're pumped. <laughs> I yeah, I did not expect that to be the thing you were <laughs> excited about for some reason. I was like, oh, I wonder what it is. You know, I haven't. You know, it's funny because I haven't seen the second one. I've seen the first one a billion times, but I haven't seen the second one. Second one, you know, it's it's pretty okay. It's not like amazing, but it's like a good. It's it's again more like fun, like brain popcorn, cotton candy type of stuff. Number one, iconic, classic. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's I. We're just wondering where the wedding part comes in on the third one. That's the part we're more curious about because, like, we had a wedding in the first one. We had a wedding in the second one. What what's what's the third wedding? But we need to know. Inquiring minds. <laughs> yeah, and and that movie, man, talk about like a huge success story. That is like, I think it's still the most successful romantic comedy. I mean, it, it's pretty incredible. I remember when that was out in the theaters the first time, and how what a big deal that movie was. I mean, it was a huge deal. Yeah, it, it was like it was also the movie that made a lot of people a lot of people fall in love with John Corbett as well. I know that's a big yeah, yeah. And and I think Greek food too. I think it also did that as well. <laughs> For sure. I mean I think so. Suddenly everybody was like all about the Spanakopita and you know yeah. like <laughs> Yes. And, and the lamb. <laughs> yes. It's okay. I make lamb. I make lamb. <laughs> And people saying oompa all the time. And I, I want to know if there was like a, a, an uptick in stock for Windex after that movie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like how much more Windex were people buying right after that? That's a good question. I am not going to lie. I used Windex for like a while <laughs> after that. 
for like miscellaneous <laughs> things after I first saw the film. You know, what? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be upfront with everyone. At dermatologist, estheticians, cover your ears. This is gonna sound like a sin. I would put it on my zits, and it worked out pretty well. Let me tell you something. Oh, really? <laughs> well, they used it in the film. They were like, "Oh yeah, I had a zit this morning, and I put Windex on it, and it 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 cleared it up pretty well." And that <laughs> and really happened. Like, and you know what? I was a I was a pimply teenager. I said, "Why not? We're trying everything else. Why not this? <laughs> it worked." <laughs> Oh, that's uh, that's awesome. That's good to know. So yeah, I I want to research that now. So, yeah. um, yeah, and you know, we'll probably uh, we'll probably cover that movie at some point, I'm sure. And so Susie will have to be on it. <laughs> Carla's like I will. Well, I said Susie because Susie mentioned <laughs> the movie first. That's why Carla. Don't, don't get upset. <laughs> you could have said also Carla. I mean, like. <laughs> And also, Carla, I'm going to edit that in. So it sounds like I never know. <laughs> it just flows so naturally. Yes. I'll just say, Susie, we're in there. And, then you're, and also, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm also into a trailer. And uh, if listeners don't know, my favorite action franchise is Mission Impossible. I, I, I understand. I mean, Tom Cruise, yes. I, I understand issues galore with Tom Cruise. As I mentioned before, I have this weird thing where I actually really love watching Tom Cruise, even though I know he's problematic in real life. But I love the Mission Impossible movies. I, I just love them. I can't help it. I just get excited for each one. I was so excited watching the trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So you know there's this is not the final Mission Impossible movie. I think Tom Cruise will be doing these into his 90s. That's just who he is. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> I can see him being in the retirement home. <laughs> He's got a mission. They come and they bring him a mission. Ethan, Ethan Hunt, here's your next mission. <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna have like jet packs on like a um a walker yes yeah and and luther's gonna be there with him and you know that's being rame's character it could be like like another bubba hotep kind of thing oh my gosh yeah <laughs> it's the new bubba hotep <laughs> ethan this is your mission if you choose to accept it we've got this bubba hotep character <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm getting right on it as soon as they change my bedpan. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but I loved the trailer. It looks like a ton of fun filled with, you know, of course, these stunts that, you don't know, Tom Cruise does basically all of these that he can. I think there are some that he's not able to do, but you hear about the ones he does and it's like, what in the world? Why? <laughs> the insurance on him must be so sky high. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I meant more like in case, yeah, in case of <laughs> Susie. <laughs> I want to crack a joke, but I can't. <laughs> I, th I think I know what kind of joke you, well, maybe I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Scientology has him covered. He's fine. 
<laughs> it's true. So, you know, that's why he's problematic. And his whole, you know, I was, when I watched um, the Pretty Baby documentary, the documentary about Brooke Shields, and if you don't remember, there was this time where Tom Cruise was going after Brooke Shields because she was being very open about her postpartum depression and uh, the medication she was taking. And Tom Cruise was like, you don't know what you're talking about, went on this whole thing. Where for a while, people were like, well, Tom Cruise has totally ruined his career. And there was kind there was kind of a brief period where he did. Like people were like, that's why they say that War of the Worlds movie he made didn't do well. And, you know, and so, yes, but I am going to be there seeing Mission Impossible. You know, and I also love the other characters, you know. I love Bing Rame's character. I love Simon Pegg in it. I, so it's not just Tom Cruise is not the only reason I like to watch it. I just think they're fun and exciting. And it's my popcorn film. It's my popcorn genre. And I do want to try it. I know it's not going to happen because this comes out like June 15th, I think, or Ju something like that. And it comes, or July 15th, one of those. July 14th. Thank you. I couldn't remember. Only in theaters. <laughs> I couldn't remember. And I want to try and binge all of the previous Mission Impossible movies, but knowing me and my schedule, I doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe I'll give it a shot. Okay. Well, I decided to close out just wanting to mention, um, if you didn't know, MTV News is no longer... They have discontinued MTV News. They've discontinued a lot of news, if you haven't heard. BuzzFeed News, I know there's been a few others. And a lot of it's because news, as far as like when you're looking in what's, what's profitable in departments and divisions of like entertainment magazines or shows or networks, that is the least profitable. So that's why they say they're doing it. BuzzFeed is doing horrible things. Go look up some of the stuff they're doing. But I wanted to just touch on MTV News because I don't know if Susie watched a lot of MTV News, but I know for my generation, you know, we grew up with that, with with Kurt Loder and the, you know, the the spinning uh globe and the and then you'd see the typewriter and the MTV News and breaking news. And I remember hearing about stuff. Like, you know, the death of Kurt Cobain and River Phoenix and later on other deaths as well. So, uh, Carla, do you have any fond memories of MTV News or any MTV program? Well, for MTV News specifically, I, I think, yeah, like for people of a certain generation and age range, MTV News is where we got our news. It was our news source. We trusted it because they were people who were talking to us like we were adults and who were imparting this important information in a way that wasn't dumbed down or watered down or anything. They were giving us everything on the channel that we were parked in front of. And that was really important, I think. And because of MTV News, there were other news shows created for similar audiences or even younger audiences, you had the Nickelodeon news for kids come up, which was great and also very important. There was um, a channel one for schools. I, um, a lot of us, our first 
our, our first exposure to Lisa Ling and to Anderson Cooper was through Channel One News. I know in high school, they they air that first thing in the morning, like I think like right after the the first bell for homeroom. Then you, you had you had to watch Channel One, and so yeah, like it kicked off like this this whole genre of news for younger people, uh, which again very important because it wasn't leaving us out of what's going on in the world. And a lot of the times, I think parents try to kind of shield their kids from what's going on in the world, which, you know, with good reason, there are things that you want to maybe explain in a more gentle way. You don't want them necessarily watching the evening news with you unfiltered. But this was like a good first filter because they've already uh, done it in a way that's sensitive enough for younger audiences, but that still is informative. So yeah, Kurt Loder, I think, was one one of like the biggest news sources for us. And, you know, we really came to trust Kurt Loder every time that it's like, okay, what's going on in the world? What what's Kurt Loder saying today? Yeah, he, he was like a, a huge part of of growing up. And it's also a great introduction into learning about the world more broadly. Like you you go into the world more curious about what's going on beyond entertainment through shows like this so it going away for one thing you know like a lot of people are getting the news now online you know a lot of us i I, for the longest time i was getting most of the news from twitter now i don't you can't really trust twitter anymore because of what it's become but you can get so much news still online you know if somebody posts a a link or an article, or if they, if they just mention something, then you go and look it up or whatever. TikTok has become greatly helpful in that regard as well. So I can see why those are cutting into the audience for news shows for any age range and in any demographic and in any um, network. But it's still, it's still quite a shame because along with all of this information that we're getting, we're getting a lot of misinformation and it's very easy to, to plant this misinformation with the good information because, again, going back to what I was saying earlier about education, we are in dire straits as a country in the, the ways in which we're presented information because we're not being taught to suss out good information from bad. We're not being taught to look for multiple sources. We're not being taught to question what is being presented to us. So if you take away more sources of news, then that's, that can only be harmful, especially news that are specifically geared to younger people. And again, younger people, you know, I, I, I don't know how into getting news teenagers are these days, you know, because we didn't have a choice. It's like, okay, you want your MTV, you have to watch five minutes of Kurt Loder first. You want to, you know, like chat with your friends, you have to shut up and listen to channel one first. And now that there are, all of those are getting taken away. And I think that there are fewer options, not options, but, but fewer ways in which you're kind of forced to learn something about the world outside of what maybe your parents are telling you and outside of what suspiciously planted information is being put in front of your eyeballs. So um, I, I don't so much mourn MTV news itself because I think it gave, it gave life to so many other great things, 
but I'm, I'm just mourning the, the loss of, um, of access to news in general, to, you know, reliable, well-sourced news. So, so Susie, I know you didn't really grow up with MTV news, but did you have any kind of source similar to that, that spoke to younger, like teenagers or anything like that? Um, not really that I remember. Um, most of any kind of news content that I got as a kid was me and my family after telenovelas. <laughs> we would watch the news that came on after that on Univision or Televisión or uh, TV Azteca, like any one of like the Spanish channels that we had access to. That's kind of mainly where we would watch news from. Because it, uh, it not only, uh, gave us the information on like local news here in Colorado, but it would all also give us news of things that were going on in Mexico too. So it kind of covered like those two, like different areas. And that was kind of like my main source of information. But I'm not wholly familiar with MTV news. The, the, here's how I first found out about MTV. I first found out about MTV through a little film called School of Rock in which Jack Black goes on a rant against the man and he mentions how the man ruined rock and roll with a little thing called MTV. (laughs) (laughs) That was my first thing. And then, you know, as a kid, you hear that and you're like, if if you don't know what it is, you're like, yeah, screw the man. And then, you know, you just kind of move on with your life. And then when I got older, I found out that it's like a thing <laughs> but i was never i don't think i was ever in like either like the right demographic for it because i was interested in other stuff <laughs> so i didn't really like care for it at all <laughs> too much no but yeah, like that like yeah but mainly those were kind of like my primary news sources were the news that would come on after our our, our family soap dramas that we'd watch Either that or stuff that I would catch like in the middle of the day. Um, I do remember there being, I think there was like some kind of news segment when I was a kid on PBS, probably where they just dealt in good news because yeah. it's it's public television and it's for children. So, you know, you want to feed them nice things. <laughs> it, yeah, but not, yeah, this is where kind of like mine. I'm sorry, I don't have a lot to say about no, that. No, no, I was, <laughs> like yeah, that. I was wondering that when I put it on there, I was like, I probably shouldn't put, but I just was curious just because with the age differences and just knowing if there was any source that you would get your news from, because I do think, like Carla was saying, it was like, you know, one of the only places, you know, MTV News and then Nickelodeon, big time. Nickelodeon was like a, a station that really, for did not dumb things down for kids and i think that was what was so important and so that's why i'm wondering i i don't know if that's out there for i mean i don't know if that's out there right now for for younger generations i don't know if that's just through like other forms of media like social media and stuff like that that that's where people are getting their news now because because mtv Honest, to be honest, I didn't even know MTV News still existed because to me, MTV hasn't existed really in so long. MTV never shows videos, I don't think, or hardly ever. They don't, you know, that's what they were known for. 
And then they became a reality television hub. And that's really all they were. I do know, you know, like they, back in the 90s, they like replay, recast uh, My So-Called Life. Like they would show that continuously and it opened it up to a new audience. But, you know, they they would do stuff that like, you know, the real world, honestly, I know the real world gets a lot of crap, but it, it rightfully so. But the first few se- couple seasons of that show were actually really good and they were really tackling real things and it was it was felt very real but then it turned into what all that stuff turned into you know trash so yeah so it's 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 sad to me that like every generation won't be doesn't have something like that or at least it doesn't feel like that and then when you have like buzzfeed news also going away which BuzzFeed has always been kind of iffy to me anyway. My my the thing I've loved the most about BuzzFeed honestly is the quizzes. <laughs> you know, that's fair cuz it's just kind of like like you you think of BuzzFeed and you don't really think of it as like the most reliable of news sources. You're just like, "Oh yeah, the company that makes the dumb silly quizzes and does like the dumb little internet videos, those." Like <laughs> Yeah. But I guess like the workers, they're being like, they're trying to cut them out of getting like, I think like kind of pay and stuff. And oh, yeah. Uh, no, yeah the it's way like BuzzFeed horrible. treats its employees, it's absolutely deplorable and it's yeah. just disgusting. I mean, it's a crap, com- crap company. The, the fact that it basically yeah. mines a lot of their, uh, what they post mm-hmm. from Twitter, specifically Black Twitter, and then just, mm-hmm. Here's an article that's basically written by people that we're not going to acknowledge or pay on top of what they do to their writers. Yep. Or they'll post like a person's tweet in a in an article and they won't even tell the person they're doing this and they won't even give them credit really. So it's like, it's so, it, yeah, they do that a lot. It's kind of like they're using, it's like they're using AI without like AI <laughs> in a way. So yeah. Well, you know, we will someday talk about MTV. Last year, Carla and I talked about VH1, of course, and that was the one I liked more anyway. But someday we will talk about MTV on here. And we'll talk about Nickelodeon, too, at some point. Because Nickelodeon had so, like, you know, like, you can't do that on television. And um, I'm forgetting everything. But... They had a bunch of shows. They turned into, you know, Nick at Night, of course, became the big. But when you were younger, when I was younger, Nick at Night played like Bewitched and um, I Dream of Genie and that kind of stuff. And then it became like showing like Friends and that <laughs> those comedies <laughs> as well. Nothing to kick you in the gut. Like the show, like the, the channel that used to air, the stuff that your parents used to watch as kids, suddenly airing the stuff that you used to watch as a teen. I know. Like, thanks. I know. <laughs> it's painful. It hurts. But um, but yeah, so thank you both. And, and thank you, Susie, because I know I was like, should I put this on here or not? But I just wanted to mention it and just bring it up briefly and was just curious to know if it had had any um, impact on you or what you got your sources from. But But let us know if there are any places that Gen Zers or anyone are getting their news from now if there are any sources like that because I don't to me it just seems like it's social media now which can be 
bad, <laughs> depending on where you're looking for your news sources or who you're following. So, yes. But we are going to go ahead and close this episode out. I'm going to go around and have my two lovely panelists tell me where they can be found. So, Carla, where can you be found? Be, where can you be found? Where can you? Where can people find you? And then where can they find Bedwetter Behead, which just released another episode of a movie that Meg liked this time and Carla doesn't like. And I was really nervous and worried about what it was going to be. And then I wasn't so <laughs> nervous when they started. And, and when and when it was mentioned what movie you really despise, I was like, oh, please don't want this to be a movie I really love. And it wasn't. So, you know. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> well, if you want to find our episode of Bed, Butter, Behead, in which we talk about Pitch Perfect and how much Meg enjoys it and how much I basically tore it to shreds except for a couple of things that I did enjoy, look for the podcast anywhere where you get your podca- podcast. If you can find It's a Fandom Thing, you can find Bed, Butter, Behead. You can also look for us on social media where we post or don't. It is our choice, but follow us anyway. Look for us on Twitter at Bed, Wet, Behead Pod, on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod, on TikTok, where we still have five videos, but they're excellent and they have high rewatch value. That's why you should watch them all repeatedly at Bed Wet Behead Pod. You can also look for me and my thoughts and my brilliant, brilliant. Um, no, actually, because I, I was, I, I'm gonna like do this thing where I like I post my theories about stuff that I watch, and then I keep wanting to do it, and then I don't do it. But just you know, check it out for the intention anyway. Um, I'm on Instagram at Carlatemis or my website, carlatemis.com. That's C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S.com. Awesome. And I was tapping my index finger against my middle finger when you were saying your website that time. I was going to say you were, you, you were quite still. Did I not do it right? It was under, under, the, ta- under the table, which makes it sound really bad, but... <laughs> Or the desk. I have no comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Susie, where can they find you? Yeah. Oh, it's been a while since I've done this. Let's see if I can. Uh, I've got to shake out the moths, which there have been an increasing number of in Colorado. It is concerning. There's a lot of them suckers. Anyway, this is a story for another day. <laughs> um, I can be found on the Instagrams at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid. Uh, my dog can also be found there at Benny underscore Pelucita. Uh, we're recording this on the 19th. So it's actually his birthday this Sunday on the Aww. 21st. So, you know, pop over on his Instagram, wish him a happy birthday or don't. I don't care. He's just cute. It'll make your day. Do it. Come on. Uh, I can be found on the Bluebird app just randomly retweeting things that I like. Uh, I can be found at, at SusieQ underscore SC. And on TikTok, try to find me. I don't know. It's a fun scavenger hunt. If you do find me, send me fun TikToks. <laughs> or unhinged ones. Who knows? Dealer's choice. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, this is Aaron. Don't follow me, remember. Follow Fergie on TikTok at Schroeder and Fergs. That's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. I know it's long, but it is worth it. 
Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandom thing pod.com. Click the contact us button there and that'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, if you're looking for ways to support the show monetarily, you can head on over to our Redbubble store, pick up some merch, you can buy us a coffee, or even better yet, you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as three bucks a month. You will get ad-free content. So this episode you're listening to right now, you probably heard some ads. Guess what? If you become a Patreon supporter, you will not hear those ads. You'll just hear our lovely voices without interruption. Uh, And you will also get some great bonus content. Hopefully it's up by now. I don't know. But I I was busy with our marathon streaming event and prepping for it. But we did record a commentary track for Office Space. I just have to get that together. And I have to also ask the lovely Carla to create episode art for that. But but the amazing Paula and Tanya joined me for that. And that was so much fun. That was a lot of fun. So I just have to put it together because I'm not going to do any editing on it. Um, <laughs> but there's that. We are going to be doing a bonus Renfield episode. I'm not positive yet when we're recording that, but soon. And I'm hoping Susie will be on that. I know Jen, my podcast brain twin, will be because she's the biggest Nicolas Cage fan I know. So we're going to be doing that as well. And then uh, people are voting right now for the movie we're going to cover in June, the LGBTQIA plus movie. So the link is in the show notes for that, but you can also find it on our website for the Patreon, but you can also find it on our website under ways to support the show. If you want to support the show for free, please rate and review us. Give us those five stars. Share our episodes. Follow us on social media. Tell all your friends, your neighbors, your family, your pets to tune in and listen to us. So yes, I do mean your pets. I mean, there could be pets that are fans of Fergie. Fergie probably has a fan club out there somewhere. I mean, she's been on here enough and she loves the show we are talking about on Friday. So yes, Friday's episode, we are talking about Abbott Elementary. That is Fergie's favorite comedy. Fergie loves horror, but she also loves to learn and she loves to laugh. And so she loves Abbott Elementary. So that's another reason to follow her and follow our TikTok. You can see a TikTok of her watching an episode of Abbott Elementary. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.